Welcome to Wise Women Speak with Linda Pritcher and Lana Bastianuti, where we give voice to the wisdom in women. Hi, Linda. Hi, Lana. Today, we're in studio with Poonam Alualia, who is the president of Youth Entrepreneurship and Sustainability, otherwise known as YES Incorporated. And over the last 15 years, she has developed two innovative programs that have shaped the global youth employment agenda. Poonam sits on the World Economic Forum's Global Agenda Council for Youth Unemployment and was named the 2013 India New England Woman of the Year. Welcome, Poonam. Thank you. So there's so many, so many areas to explore here. But the first thing that I wanted to, that sort of jumped off the page for me, was that you obviously have a huge humanitarian heart. And I I would love to know where your involvement in this humanitarian work, particularly with respect to the youth initiatives, where it was birthed. That's a really good question. I was very fortunate that I grew up in a very wealthy family in India. And so around me was poverty. And it really impacted me because I felt I had so much and there was so little around me. And that kind of planted the seed for looking for social justice. So I think that's where it comes from, a a need for social justice. In terms of youth employment itself, I was a volunteer with the Hunger Project for a very long time. We raised a lot of money, we created many different projects. And as a contribution to the Hunger Project, I created Yes. And Yes was formulated actually one night when I was singing to my children, who were little kids at that time. And I started crying because I felt that millions of mothers all over the world don't have food to feed their kids and sing lullabies to them. And they are really at the edge of sustenance. They cannot even sustain daily life. How can we live in such a world? Our children are well-fed and sleeping soundly, and there are millions of mothers crying, not having enough for their kids. So that kind of moved me towards looking at, what can I do? And it led, led me to youth employment because of my own children. I wanted them to grow up in a world where other young people had kind of similar opportunities, not the same, but similar opportunities under the circumstances. How do we level the playing, playing field? And that's what inspired my work. So so you were volunteering at one point and then you this idea struck you as you were singing to your children and then you just started like <laughs> I'm, I'm just amazed no no I wish it was that simple no it didn't happen I think the idea germinated in my heart mm-hmm. that I wanted to work for youth I was very very fortunate that I had a dream catcher in Janet Whitler who was the president of Education Development Center which is a very huge nonprofit working in at that time in Newton when I joined EDC they were raising 125 million for over 300 projects in 60 countries so it was a fantastic organization but I was very afraid of going up to the president of the company and asking her for money for my dream Somehow I overcome that hesitation and I set up an appointment with her, but I was so nervous I couldn't go see her. I, I was just very anxious about meeting the head honcho. So I had a phone call with her and I shared with her my dream that I needed her to hire me as a project director so I could work on this dream project. And I've been so blessed that without even knowing who I am, she just said, okay, come to the office and we'll hire you tomorrow. That's how my journey began. So I had a dream catcher. Oh, that is so brilliant that you had, you, you were inspired 
and you overcame any fear that you had. Your inspiration took the lead and you were willing to speak to her. And she heard that in you because she hadn't even met you. No, she hadn't met me. Yeah, but it was coming from inside you. Obviously, it came right through the phone. It must have because she hired me with sight unseen, no interview. I was working as a consultant there on another global project, which is where I had done a review of that other global project and I realized that youth were not being addressed. And that's what made me share with her that we are doing so much work, but we are not addressing the real needs of the youth. We think youth are looking for education, whereas they're really looking for employment. So that was the shift that I wanted to create in the world. As a practical thing, how has that worked? So then began the daunting task of figuring out how do we turn the pyramid upside down. Usually projects and movements have bubbled up from ground up and reached an apex where you have summits and other meetings around it. And I wanted to reverse the pyramid because I didn't think we had enough time to bubble this up. So I was very fortunate to meet a gentleman by the name of Sam Daly Harris, who did the microcredit summit. And I asked him to be my coach. <laughs> and he's the one who said that, uh, I don't know you, I, how can I coach you? And, and I asked him to give me some tasks and see if I can fulfill them. So he, he gave me these tasks, get your president of the company to agree to hire you, get your children and your family to agree to back you up because you will have a terrible time. Everybody will gun, be gunning at you because you're trying to change the global agenda. And the third thing he said was get three important people on your council organizing committee so that you have some reflected glory that people are agreeing to you. And I was able to do all of that in 15 days. Those were wise words from him. They were. And you took action and made it happen. I made it, and so he couldn't say no to me and he became my coach and everything that I learned, I learned from him. Have you always been like that? Like when you've had a dream or an inspiration, have you always just ignored any doubts or any fears and just gone right for it? I have throughout mm. my life. That has been, because I'm a fool. I go in where angels fear to tread. And uh, I just don't think about it. I just, I'll fail. That's the worst that can happen. And I'm not afraid of failure. Failure is uh, underrated. Yes. As a motivator and as a way to connect with your own resilience, a way to see things in a fresh way, and also finding out what doesn't work. And it may just be it didn't work in this one time in this one way. But most people are really afraid of failure. So I think it's remarkable that you're not. And look what you're creating. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been fortunate. You know what I love about this as well is uh, from what you're saying, it sounds like you got out of the way. It wasn't about you. It wa it's still not about me. When people give me awards or congratulate me, I look behind me because really nobody does anything by themselves. And if you think you can do things by yourself, you're really fooling yourself. And when you try to work with others, it takes a long time to build up speed. But once you have a coalition, it's, you rush ahead. So it's a slow process to begin with, but then it catches fire. So yeah, that's how it's been with me. So the, the summits that you've gone to and where this is playing out around the world, can you tell us a little bit, can you flesh that out for us a little bit more so people can get a sense of what global means in this context? The thing that I started to do, or rather we started to do, was not really creating projects and programs. 
those were going to come out of the agenda setting. When there is an agenda on a certain issue, resources come up, people change policies, and people start working together. But if there is no agenda around an issue, like for example, climate change, there, that is a global agenda. Some people can work for it, some people can work against it, but it is on the table. Youth employment was not on the table. So we had to put that issue on the global agenda. That's what I mean by the table. The way we did it was that we did 40 global consultations between 1998 and 2002. And during these consultations, it was almost like a physical Wikipedia. We would take ideas and go for one consultation, bring youth there, learn from that, go to another one. And so we were building steam and building partnerships and building coalitions. So it was a long process. I can watch oil drop. I'm not in a rush. I, I want things to happen, but they need to be immersed. You need to be immersed in something in order to create the shift. So we did these 40 global consultations and finally we reached the summit. The first global youth employment summit was held in Alexandria, Egypt at the Library of Alexandria. So it was very fitting oh, yes. to be held at the Library of Alexandria. It was chaired by President Bill Clinton and Mrs. Mubarak and it was a, a glorious five-day festival where 2,000 people came from 120 countries. And uh, all the UN agencies came, the World Bank came, 70 ministers of youth came, and we had 50% youth participation. And this was the first global summit where youth were at the table. One of the ways that we addressed the issue of VIPs not moving into a VIP room, we didn't have a VIP room. We said, no, nobody's a VIP here. Meet your youth, mingle with them, listen to them, learn from them on every panel. We had people from different geographical reason, regions, gender. We made sure that women were 50%. Like I wanted to bring women up, but I didn't want to do it by rah, rah, rah feminism. I just wanted to include them in the agenda in a way in which their voice came out. Yeah, having them sit, S at, having them the sit at the table. And then we had youth. So it was very well blend blended. And so we got all different perspectives and people shifted. That caused the first shift, which was at the Library of Alexandria. So that was the first summit, which was for five days. And all night the youths danced and we didn't have anything. We didn't have enough money. We didn't have enough food. But we had the global spirit of solidarity. And that's what took it forward. I love that idea too, not just in, in what you're doing, but even as individuals, if we have an agenda, like we have like a vision of what we want to do, like how we want our life to be, that then a lot of things begin to fall into place. Yes. It allows for inspiration to rise within the human and for connectivity to come from that. Inspired, I mean, you've been talking about how your inspiration has led you to connect with people in wider and wider circles and creating impact globally. The universe supports you. <laughs> That's how I felt. You know, that, that what you just said, the universe supports you. A lot of people live feeling like they're in it alone, that there's no backing. They're on their own. And this is, this is quite often, I think, why fear takes over and why they don't either believe in themselves or they doubt themselves or they don't do the things that they want to do because they think they're, they're it and there's nothing helping them along. Can you speak to how you know the universe has your back? 
I think the first thing is to have your own back. And if you don't believe in yourself, nobody will believe in you. So I think the very first thing to do is to, it doesn't matter if it's a good idea or a bad idea, just believe in it. And you will learn whether it is good or bad based on how people respond. Second thing I had to do was develop a thick skin. Because when you stand up and take a stand, obviously you're going to ruffle feathers and people are going to turn against you. I, I think that gotten so bad at one point that my staff created a website called stabpunaminthebag.com. You know, it was just a fraudulent website, but they just created it as a fun program because everybody was opposing me. But the most important thing that I felt was there was that I knew what I wanted. It wasn't, it didn't have a real shape or a real form, but it was a feeling that young people needed to be included and involved in the decision-making in their countries. They should not be fighting the government or throwing stones from outside, but become integral part of the policy-making learn how to live with frustration. It was more like a conflict resolution project rather than a project which had clear five ideas that had to be implemented. And living with that sort of uh, project where you don't have clear guidelines of what you want to accomplish because it's a global or community organizing, you can't have the same things happen everywhere, needed a person who, like me, who really didn't know everything and who was willing to learn and who people came out to help because they knew I didn't know. And I think that's my biggest strength, not knowing. There is such wisdom in what you just said. It's that place of not knowing where so much creativity can come into play because there isn't, there aren't expectations or assumptions in play. Uh, it's just, let's see what happens. Let's see how it organically takes shape. And uh, I, I think that's so brilliant. The mo- most important thing I can share with you is that youth have a wisdom beyond what we know. And we try to think that let them be in colleges, let them grow up before we include them. That is our biggest mistake because they're not our future, they're our present. And so we treated youth as though they were our present and we needed to hear them out regardless of their knowledge base because knowledge is overrated. You know, knowledge sometimes stops you because you feel, oh, I know too much. I know this will not work. So that innocence really helped. Yeah, and it's, it's recognizing that wisdom is alive in all people and young people as well. We often think that wisdom is for older people, right? You come into wisdom instead of realizing that you have wisdom at any age. Mm-hmm. It's just recognizing it and connecting with it. So you're on this huge global stage. Can you share with us an, uh, a memorable moment you had that really struck you? Oh, yes. Um, in 2006, I was at the Clinton Global Initiative, and suddenly I heard my name being called out to go to the media room. And I go there, and I'm made to stand right at the podium. Richard Branson and President Clinton were going to come and talk about climate change. So I suggested to the person that I'm so short, I'm only five feet tall, that this will look really awkward standing between two tall men. And they said, no, no, we've been told to put you here. So I stood there, and President Clinton came. I told him my same story, that this is going to look like a V-shape. And he said, don't worry, Poonam, you come up to the heart. And that's why we want you to stand here. And it was so beautiful. And later on, he told me that he wanted my Yes Networks in 55 countries to know that I was there at this event and that it was important for him to have me be placed there. And that was a very moving moment for me. That's a beautiful, beautiful story. I remember I met with 
Butros Butros Ghali, who was uh, a former UN uh, pre- general secretary. And I just met him at an event. And I went up to him and I said, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you. So he, he was a tall guy. He just held my hand and took me around and said, I can't talk to you here. You come to my office in, at UNESCO and I'll talk to you there tomorrow. So I just found his office somehow. And I went there and the, the secretary told me that, no, you, he, you're not on a schedule. I said, look, he told me to come. I just sat there. And I'm not going anywhere. I'm in France. I'm not going anywhere. He'll see me. So in an hour or so, he, he came out to do something. And he saw me. He said, oh, why are you sitting here? Come on in. He took me in. He gave me two, over $200,000 for my project. He brought youth from seven Francophonie countries to the summit. And that was it just happened in a matter of 45 minutes. And then suddenly, photographers came in, took our photograph. He was very happy with me. He hugged me and let me go. How you just showed up in such innocence you just showed up I really thought he wanted me there I didn't realize that the secretary told me he says this to everyone come see me and nobody shows up but see it's so simple how it's, to live life it's much it's simpler so than simple we think. yeah show it, up it was a great moment I genuinely believe believe in yourself hmm. just believe in yourself find ways to trust your intuition Find ways to trust yourself because people can see it. People can see if you believe in yourself or how many doubts you have. So yeah, put the doubts away. There's no space for that in your, in my mind. I don't overthink. So just put it away. So I have a question for you about conscious capitalism. Can you flesh that out for us? So conscious capitalism is, is actually an answer to our current crony capitalism where in, in our current system of capitalism, we are only looking at the shareholders. Therefore, we don't care about the environment. We don't care about our other stakeholders. Conscious capitalism is saying that, look, we can succeed despite not only caring about our shareholders, but caring about the entire ecology, the stakeholders. So it has about it's about leadership, making sure that the vendors get paid properly. Fair trade is part of conscious capitalism. So it is a whole new way of doing business and there are companies like Whole Foods, Nordstrom that are part, Trader Joe's that are part of conscious ca- the conscious capitalism ecology. I was very fortunate that my friend Raj Sisodia, also a resident of Lexington, is one of the founders. So he invited me for a conscious capitalism workshop or a sem- seminar or something and they had a, se- a, gr- a group of people there talking about their journey as non-profit leaders and one person didn't show up so they were looking for some non-profit leader who could take that place because there were almost 15 CEOs at that conference. So they picked me and I went and sat there. But the person who was moderating thought I had nothing to say. I always wear Indian clothes. I just feel comfortable in that. Somehow people have certain impressions about other people. He didn't ask me any question. Five minutes were left and he said, do you want to say something before we go for questions? I said, what do I say? So... All I could think about saying at that time was that imagine your life in America and what resources you're putting towards your youth and how much you're impacting them and what future you want for them. And then imagine somebody in DRC wanting the same future for their youth better than themselves, but not having the resources or any way to make that, to realize that dream or that hope. And I didn't know I was going to say that and I started crying and everybody started crying. And suddenly, nobody wanted to ask anybody else any questions. They just wanted to hear from me, and that's how it ended. Everybody came and hugged me. 
and John Mackey and others said, look, we have no idea what we can do as conscious capitalism. Why don't you come up with some way? And that's how Youth Trade got created. We said, how about we come, we certify products of young entrepreneurs who are leading conscious businesses, and then you place them at Whole Foods. And so the North Atlantic region Whole Foods came, uh, these guys, they just kind of embraced us and helped us through the whole system. And within a year, we had 60 entrepreneurs in almost 200 Whole Foods markets. That's fantastic. So if people go to Whole Foods now, they could find Youth They can trade. find Youth Trade products. Okay. They can go to our Youth Trade website and see the products that are there and then look for them at Whole Foods. Now these products have become mainstream. In fact, two weeks ago, I was invited by the First Lady of Ecuador to come and talk about my journey in, in Ecuador, about how whatever happened happened with Yes. And we were so lucky that we were able to sign an agreement with their cooperative ministry about creating youth trade co-ops in Ecuador and bringing those products to, to the U.S. and also to sell them within business to business to other businesses. So this is going to grow. It's, I think this is going to be a legacy project that I, I would like people to buy youth trade products and you know help implement this idea that you, we don't need to only buy from big companies. Small businesses is the way to go to grow the economy. I know when when I asked you about wisdom, you mentioned believe in yourself, trust yourself, listen to that intuition, which has guided you all this time. Um, specifically to women, what what message would you like women to hear? I think they have to try to get the voice of men out of their heads. <laughs> it is there. Yeah, I have it too. And consciously I have to listen to it and put it away listen to more of what your what your women friends are saying to you listen to podcasts listen listen read books meditate but get those voices that you're not good enough out of your head it is there we are brought up in a way where we are second class citizens and if we want to be first class citizens we have to build it ourselves we are our own maker so listen to yourself I feel so inspired listening to you. And I'm going to run to Whole Foods literally this afternoon and see what youth trade products I can find to be supportive. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. I will give you a list before I leave. Okay, that excellent. would be brilliant. We'd love that. And Poonam, if people want to learn more, um, they can reach you at punam at yesweb.org. And that's a great way to contact you and find out more information about what you do. And I I love, I love, love, love the simplicity of your message and the simplicity in a way of your life, how you've just moved organically from whatever is calling you and you haven't overcomplicated with it with a lot of extra thinking that, that acts as obstacles for people. So thank you for being such a beautiful example of, of how to live this way. Yeah, speaking oh, from the welcome. heart, very clearly and thank powerfully. You so Thank you for inviting me. It's my great pleasure to be here. Thank you. So until next time, Lana. You've been listening to Wise Women Speak. If you'd like to hear more, please go to wisewomenspeakpodcast.com or find us on iTunes. <laughs>